0: I.V.M. Hi, I'm Satyajit. Hi, I'm Racheta. Welcome to Paperback by The Open Library Project.
1: We have as our guest today, Rihanna Munir. Rihanna is the author of Paper Moon, which we discuss in the first half of the podcast.
0: In the second half, we discuss various works by Susan Sontag Adam Phillips and Siddhata Mukherjee. Happy listening! Welcome to Paperback by The Open Library Project. I am your co-host, Satyajit, otherwise known as Onion Knight in most food circles. I am hosting this podcast with my co-founder at The Open Library Project, Rajeta Sharma.
1: Hi guys, my name is Racheta. I'm an ex-banker, social impact entrepreneur, podcaster, writer, publisher and inveterate learner. The Open Library Project is a curated library service which is offered to corporates on a subscription basis. The idea here is to create value, build a knowledge community and encourage a growth mindset amongst our members.
0: Today we have with us on the show Rehana Munir. Rehana ran a bookshop in Mumbai in the mid-2000s a few years after graduating with top honours in English literature from St. Xavier's College. An independent writer on culture and lifestyle, she has a weekly humour column in H.T. Brunch and a cinema column in Arts Illustrated magazine. She is also an occasional copywriter. Rihanna lives in Bombay among food-obsessed friends and family. She is a local expert on migraines, 1990s nostalgia and old monk. And of course, she's the author of Paper Moon, the novel that's going to be released soon. Welcome to the show, Rihanna.
2: Thank you so much. It's Thank a pleasure to have me. you. It's a real pleasure <laughs> to have you because
0: you. Uh, Racheta and I are both such lovers of books. <laughs> so to meet someone who ran a bookshop, that's like a dream for us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then got to writing. So that's like,
0: that's like a great two career dreams trajectory. Coming
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so tell us, uh, Rehana, uh, how did you go from running a bookshop? To then becoming a writer?
2: Yes, there were many uh, intervening years and Mm -hmm. lots happened. Right, Um, Something that happened, among things that happened was that I worked uh, with cricket websites. Okay, okay. (laughs) So I worked with BCCI for a few years, which is one of those strange things or, you know, deviations that occur in life. Mm -hmm. Um, Those were fun years in their own way. Um, Apart from that, I've been writing now for many years. I've been an independent writer for Mm -hmm. about seven. And... um, This last year and a half is when I actually got down to working on this book. And uh, it's all set to be released now in a few days. Excellent. And um, so, you know, when you started the
1: bookstore and the book also, you know, the book Paper Moon also talks about a bookstore. um, What is it actually to, you know, experience this whole... um, You know, when you're a book lover and you're in the middle of millions of books, it's always tough to decide which books you want to, you know, curate for your bookshop. So what was the idea behind, you know, or some authors that you looked up to while you were setting up your bookstore?
2: Yes. So this actually, what you just mentioned, Hmm. finds place in the book itself because uh, (laughs) the protagonist of the novel is someone called Fiza Khalid. And uh, she, much like me, uh, gets this opportunity to run a bookshop in Bombay. Right. one of the first things, you know, when, when it hits her that this is actually happening, yeah. uh, she finds herself in this dusty old warehouse hmm. somewhere in Old Bombay mm-hmm. uh, okay. where all these books are stacked in iron racks right. and she gets to pick. Right. And uh, <laughs> like I've said in the book, it's almost like Alice in Wonderland or you right. know, Eve in Eden uh, where it's just pure magic. Yeah. and. Uh, Much like Fiza, I too went a little mad in those initial days because you tend to stock up with everything that you feel uh, that sort of is uh, uh, your sensibility and your favorites and things like that. Right. So, um, but very soon you realize that uh, there's more to life (laughs) and to reading than your own personal favorites. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, then you, of course, sort of get a feel for the market, for the customers that you are uh, kind of catering to. And uh, the books... Catalog, the bookshop's catalog expanded. Yeah. Um, so it, very soon it stopped reflecting my own personal tastes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the market stays so like... Yes, there's
2: some kind of a compromise. So
1: then, um, how did you find that differentiation from, you know, writing articles for HD to actually, you know, writing a book? And because it is a longer process and it takes more time and effort. So, you know, how did you get yourself motivated to do that? Or some tips you followed to, you know, actually achieve it?
2: You know, this uh, question and I... have discuss this with friends, I'm mm. almost embarrassed by how easy the transition was. Right. Uh, <laughs> as somebody who writes uh, sh- a shorter form, right. um, uh, you know, the, the shorter form, I've, uh, I'm have i quite disciplined about it because if you get 700 or 1000 words or 1200 words for a column, right. you yeah. tend to edit your thoughts right. and uh, you are not as expansive as you perhaps would sometimes like to be. Yeah. Uh, so the I, norm- In fact, I feel
1: it would be contrary to writing a book, right? Because here you're, yes. you're
2: trying to sort of pressy everything absolutely and you're trying to elaborate mm-hmm. so, absolutely yeah. so there is that adjustment that you need to make but you know uh, for me the adjustments were all unconscious and mm-hmm. i think this whole book for all the similarities and the inspiration from real life mm-hmm. right. uh kind of has come from a place it's almost like little elves wrote the book on my behalf yeah. <laughs> and, and I wrote it I, I, I read it as a reader rather than the author of it it was yeah. a very easy process um, I found it to be uh, fun and uh, kind of things just flowing seamlessly right. um, also I very early in the process I told myself don't overthink it because right. I yeah. am susceptible to that mm-hmm. uh, affliction oh, okay. so I said don't do this hmm. just write um, Encouraged by a friend who's written a book himself, Mm. Uh, he said, you know, and these are wise words, I think, for anyone who's listening and who wants to perhaps write fiction Mm -hmm. of the longer form. First finish your, complete your first draft. Right. And then go back and do whatever and have as many drafts as you want. But complete that first draft without going back too many times. Unless it is to uh, fix certain plot uh, issues. Plot
0: changes. Okay. And I
2: really stuck to that. Okay. So... uh, but what I realized is the first draft was, you know, I quite liked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> so then, you built
0: on that and. Uh, came yeah, to the final so the product.
2: second one was more of fine tuning. And okay. uh, of course, the publishers and then the editor right. came mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So that was how it happened.
0: That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. In uh, in the, in our podcast, we often discuss the book, uh, Bird by Bird, which mm. is about writing and yes. how to write. And. Uh, what it says in that book is writing Writing is mostly about rewriting than about writing. Yeah. Yes. If You get that first draft out, you're like, yes. probably 70-80% of the way there. Yes. Depending Absolutely. on how good the first draft is. So yeah. great advice for yeah. any writer. So tell us a little bit about uh, who would you think would the audience for Paper Moon be? Like, uh, who should pick up this novel and what will they find in it?
2: Um... Uh... You know, as a devious writer out to sell her book, I want Mm -hmm. to say everyone. Definitely (laughs) (laughs) should. But I I can pick uh, smaller groups (laughs) too. Uh, It's very obviously a a book meant for book lovers. Right. right? Uh, And book lovers, you know, again, as soon as I started writing it, the first thing I thought is oh, God, this book better not come out pretentious or arty or sort of, it can't be all obsessed about being all about high literary taste. It was, uh, I wanted it to be more personal, Hmm. warm and inviting. Mm -hmm. And uh, the readership, uh, therefore, I feel, can extend to anybody who has an interest in books, has an interest in the city, has an interest, of course, like all of us do, most of us do in human relationships, Mm -hmm. Um, family and friends, and of course, the romance question. So I I would say that it is, uh, uh, the readership should uh, extend to all these groups and uh, it, it, I hopefully doesn't scare anyone away by a bookshop on the cover. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I find the cover to be very pretty, but it's more of a warm, inviting, happy, colourful. was very uh, bright and uh,
0: the, the cover is really bright and in, inviting, like you said, like, yes, uh, it's really pleasant or falls nicely on the eye.
1: So uh, when thank you <laughs> when, when you mentioned uh, romance did you mean your romance with books or is there another factor to it
2: Oh all of it so the book uh, paper moon is uh, a, a romance in a few ways okay. uh, it's quite obviously uh, romancing bombay mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. or a certain idea of bombay right um, i've set it in a well it's a bit of a retro book not too much it mm. uh, begins in the late 1990s and the uh, the years that it covers are the uh, Early years of the new millennium. Okay. Um, so with that distance of around uh, almost two decades, I could give myself the liberty to talk about Bombay in a certain way that right. I wouldn't right now. Yeah. Because right. we're all nostalgic about the past, even right. if it is the recent past. Yeah. Um, also, Bombay has like the world changed so many times over in these last ten twenty, 20 right. years. years yeah. Right. Social media is a very obvious uh, change. Yeah. That has kind of uh, completely. Uh, change the whole dynamic but um, yeah so the romance uh, with the city Mm -hmm. uh, the romance uh, with books uh, Fiza the central character uh, she represents that and then the more literal romance uh, between uh, humans (laughs) 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 so there are a few romantic interests in the book that uh, are uh, interesting to me and hopefully to the reader
0: Sounds fascinating. And uh, when will the book be out? Uh,
2: So uh, we're expecting it to be in stores any day now. The formal release is on the 17th of November. Uh, Pre-orders have been open for a while now. Uh, One can get it online on Flipkart, Amazon and uh, all stores, big and small, everywhere should be stocking it now.
0: Super. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. So Rihanna, you mentioned that Bombay is a big character in the book. Mm So... You've, you also have uh, been born and brought up in Bombay yes. and uh, is the book sort of autobiographical in, in a way because uh, even the uh, protagonist of the book owns a book sh- book sh- bookshop and you yes. used to also own a bookshop and how autobiographical is it is my question actually
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes I think a clever way to dodge this question is if anyone sees something they like in it it's biographical if uh-huh. they see what they don't like it's not it's right. all
0: made up it's a subjective opinion <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there, there are some very obvious similarities uh, between the book, between the central character and uh, me, mm, and okay. there are very obvious deviations. Anybody who knows me, you know, for even a short while, will know mm-hmm. uh, the relationships that define my life are uh, completely absent from the book. Right. Uh, right. But yes, uh, there are uh, some very strong uh, similarities. There are interests that we share in common. The premise, of course, of a bookshop mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that that comes from my life. Uh, having said that, uh, it was so much fun to develop these characters or to even discover. I, I felt I was discovering these characters myself mm-hmm. that yeah. were a hybrid of so many different people and feelings and thoughts that one has had and read over the years. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of got over the whole fixation on reality versus fiction very early on.
0: And Be- how did that feel like? As a, a non, you used to write nonfiction, right?
2: Yeah, so writing shorter pieces, uh, which are uh, actually from life, fi- huh, yeah, right. uh, this was again just so liberating. It almost felt like you know a child with toys yeah. <laughs> yeah. that now I can do this. I can do this the way I want to. Yeah, oh. and, and
1: like you mentioned earlier, you know, it's like mm. fulfilling the dreams that you would have wanted to fulfill. So. Yes, uh,
2: a lot of it. If, if you read the book, hopefully you'll see that it is a happy, uh, it leans towards light and laughter and hope and all of that. Uh, this is not necessarily exactly my worldview. <laughs> mm, <okay. laughs> <laughs> but okay. uh, this is the form that the novel took. Okay. Uh, okay. And I didn't want to stop that or I didn't want to sort of uh, kind of steer it this way or that. In fact, I thought it was steering me this way and that. And uh, this is how it came out and I've stuck to it.
1: And are there some fantastic book recommendations inside the book? For your audience?
2: There are, you know, of of course, one of the pleasures and rewards of writing this book was I could talk about the writers I like. So yes, there are writers, some of my old favorites are Iris Murdoch, uh, Muriel Spark, and uh, Vikram Seth, and you know, some very, uh, the usual name suspects. (laughs) And there are others that come in, which uh, hopefully readers will discover in the narrative.
1: Brilliant. That's that's like a double boon because you're like reading a book and then you get to know Which of many other books others also to <laughs> you can read. Great.
0: Great. On that note, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back, guys. We still have with us Rihanna Munir, author of Paper Moon to be released soon and available on Amazon, Flipkart and all major bookstores. Hey, Rihanna. Hello. That, was, that was a that was a fantastic first half. Yes, it was good fun. And we a are, great
1: insight into the book. Yeah,
0: we are looking forward to the release. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so in the second half, we're going to discuss a few of your favorite authors. So the first nonfiction author that we're talking about is Adam Phillips. So tell us, Rihanna, a little bit about uh, Adam Phillips' work and uh, why it kind of stands out for you.
2: Yes. Yeah, so Adam Phillips is a British uh, psychoanalyst and a literary essayist. Okay. And uh, both these fields of uh, thought mm-hmm. are of great interest to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychoanalysis has been interest for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel you need someone to mediate uh, some of the writings or all of the writings of Freud and the rest. Right. <laughs> so Adam so Phillips so, does such, yeah. yes, I, I've been lost, you know, in mm. the writings. And I, I felt that I could tackle a book after having studied literature and a yeah. master's in this and that. But no, yeah. you feel terribly inadequate. Okay. So uh, what Adam Phillips does is he takes a lot of these uh, uh, thoughts and streams of uh, uh, psychology and psychoanalysis. Mm. And he puts them into a great format, which is the literary essay okay, okay. Uh, so example and the essays would not be very from obscure sources mm-hmm. so these shakespeare shakespearean plays which everyone knows about even yeah. if they haven't read them hmm. you know right. what hamlet's problem was yeah. or yeah. what othello suffered with yeah. you know right. from so uh, he uses these allusions and uh, in a very again not in an intimidating way mm-hmm. in a way to elucidate the point yeah and uh, so so many collections one of the one of which i remember is uh, something called missing out okay yeah. in which he talks about this whole phenomenon we call it FOMO right,
0: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> but uh, in a more literary way he talks about these lives that we feel we could have lived yeah. instead the potential of, the, of our
0: lives absolutely lives.
2: and uh, what does that mean mm-hmm. how does that intersect how do those lives intersect with the ones that we actually do live yeah. So you know They're very simple But uh, very insightful uh, Very beautifully written And to me uh, What I find interesting And very uh, enriching About reading this particular writer Is that if anyone has ever had An experience of psychotherapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm seen a therapist of any uh, sort, which I had for a short while, many years ago, right. you feel actually you are in a session of a sort. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh. Which I find to be fascinating. When right. you end an essay, it's almost as if you have been sitting comfortably in a couch, you know, with a cup of coffee. Yeah. And, uh, It's, of course, different from the analytical experience in that here he's talking and not you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, it's I I would highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in uh, that kind of thought and that kind of exploration.
0: This is really cool because, uh, you know, a lot of the times we miss out on a lot of important information just because in the way it's presented to us. uh, I feel like. What maybe Mr. So we Phillips.
2: Mediators, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. Mr.
0: Phillips is doing with the psychoanalysis yes. of maybe Freud and all yes. that. Yes. Is- so necessary for our world because like Absolutely. we aren't going to read those papers yes. that Freud wrote or probably won't understand what he meant to, in a that's, lot of the content. That's more
2: likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And without being simplistic, you know, right. what yeah. we tend to do is make everything psychology 101 and right. pop this right. and pop that. Mm-hmm. But this is sort of uh, actually deep and meaningful without being intimidating or pretentious. And uh, that to me, those are very great qualities for any writing in general. Yeah. And
1: so uh, you spoke about missing out and, uh, you know, does the book talk about, you know, how to deal with FOMO or is it just, (laughs) you know, a more positive approach to, you know, sort of maybe making that a goal for your life and then working towards it? You know,
2: it's one of many essays in the collection. Uh, uh, One of his, uh, the point he's trying to make uh, perhaps is uh, how that unlived life is... uh, necessary for us in some ways to uh, have a coherent picture of the life we have. Basically, everything stands in uh, con- not just in contrast but mm. in relationship to everything else. Yeah. Right. Uh, so again, uh, I would do a very bad job of summarizing it mm. because uh, that is the point of the essay to do mm. that. Mm. But uh, for anyone listening, uh, please uh, uh, get that essay and that collection because it's uh, difficult to summarize a writer like Adam Phillips right. uh, since the thrust of his argument and his uh, manner of delivering it mm. is so beautiful and so poetic that it's more than just the point he's making, you know. It yeah. is also how he's making it. You've pretty much convinced <laughs> me. <you
0: know? laughs> so good. Go and check out this essay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the next writer that we're moving on to is Susan Sontail. Right. Yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, Susan Sontag's yes, book and yes. uh, why it has impacted you.
2: Yes. So she's pretty much my idea of a Renaissance woman. Okay. Uh, and uh, she was one of known at her peak or is even now is perhaps the most intelligent woman in America. <laughs> These are very specious claims right. and arguments. But no, she's a, of course, she's not around anymore, but she was a writer, philosopher, an activist, many, many, many things. Right. Uh, what I really... Um, uh, admire her for and, and the book or the collection that I find to be uh, closest to my heart is mm-hmm. uh, something that she wrote. It's called Illness as Metaphor. If I'm not mistaken, it came out in 1978. Okay. Okay. And in that she talks about how we use metaphors for illnesses like cancer mm-hmm. and right. tuberculosis, um, mm-hmm. TB before cancer. Mm-hmm. And she herself uh, was suffering from breast cancer, I think, after which she wrote this book or on the basis of which she wrote it. And she talks about all the, the culture of uh, victim blaming or hmm. the, the, the sufferer is made to feel that you have a cancer personality yep. and cancer right. rises out of certain suppressions. Okay. And uh, if you were a person who kind of gave vent to these feelings, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Maybe not. Yes, and yeah. she points that out and calls it out as being Very, very dangerous because that person should perhaps be seeking treatment (laughs) and not indulging in self-blame. And, you know, it is so common. I've I've only ever lived in India, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to say, oh, it happens in India only. Perhaps it happens everywhere where uh, in families and social circles, you know, you think too much or you do this too much. And yeah, no. And which, which perhaps, which could uh, is a seg into the next writer that we like, can talk about. Like, who writes this book called *The Emperor of All uh, maladies. maladies*? Yeah, Siddhartha, Siddhartha Mukherjee. Mukherjee. Yeah. yeah. So there is a kind of, uh, you know, Link connection yeah. there. That book again, and I think he cites Susan Sontag's book in a few places. Okay. Uh, where the whole culture again of victim blaming or the the, the sufferer being responsible. Mm. Yeah. He completely calls it out and. That book, I feel, is so empowering. It's about cancer. Yeah. And yet it makes you feel like a lot of things have to actually go wrong for someone to uh, get cancer. Right. 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 So different from how we feel up. Uh, you know, you open the microwave door and you we, might get, you know, yeah. this cancer rays and that is carcinogen. Mm-hmm. You know, you read a book like that and you realize, and more than even the book, there's an interview that's published in the edition that I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where uh, the interview asks Siddharth Mukherjee. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an, on- as an oncologist mm. and a physician, as someone who's thought and lived, uh, you know, worked in the area of cancer for so many right. years, what would be your advice to anyone in terms of cancer prevention? And he said, mm. I have five things to say. Mm. Mm. Don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. Yeah. Like conclusively, that is mm. the only thing that we have so far. Right. Right. And yet there is this whole mythology mm-hmm. around it and uh, self-blame and shaming and, yeah. you know, so many products that come up. So I find these books to be mm-hmm. inspiring and and as literature they work. <laughs> they are right. all non-fiction, but they are written with such imaginative clarity. Right. And uh, it's just wonderful to read.
0: Some of the yeah. best non-fiction books are in narrative or storytelling form. You know? That's what I found. Yes,
2: absolutely. So, Siddharth Mukherjee's next book, The Gene also. Mm-hmm. Oh my, uh, he's talking about the gene and it's a, really, it's a page turn. I was just going to come to that, you know, yes. like, you
1: know, a lot of breast cancer cases yes. are
2: genetic because,
1: you know, yes. you are more likely to get it because yes. of your ancestors. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Gene would be an interesting. Uh, yeah, there are great sequel to yes. this
0: so. Yeah. Look forward to that one as well and uh, suryana so tell us a little bit about your own personal uh, you know inspirations not just fiction maybe so not just non fiction maybe mm-hmm. some fiction authors as well since you have written this novel and uh, yes. we'd love to know who inspired you and who, and you, who
2: you feel closest to in terms of writing <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> i have to answer that without sounding vain <laughs> That's the challenge. (laughs) I would say Shakespeare. (laughs) Uh, We can take that one. <laughs> no Seriously speaking I have uh, The book begins With a dedication To uh, my professor Someone who taught me English literature At St. Xavier's She's a poet And professor Called Eunice D'Souza okay. So I would say That she is uh, Not just an inspiration She sort of taught me And so many Of her other students To look at the world In a certain way Right And that of course uh, Changes you As mm-hmm. a reader And then later As a writer yeah. So I think she I would rate As uh, very high On that list um, So a recent discovery of mine is a writer called Barbara Pym. She's a a Pym is P-Y-M. She's a British novelist. Uh, Her books are set post-World War II in uh, England. And uh, again, this was said of Jane Austen before her, (laughs) that you write uh, about people and in a setting that is, uh, in inverted commas, small. Small in terms of it's it's not about wars Mm. and it's not about some, you know, Mm. universal in in that sense, uh, large scale uh, issues. And yet you are uh, uh, talking in minute detail about everyday life with such, again, insight and clarity and uh, uh, flair. So I feel reading Barbara Pym the last few years uh, encouraged me uh, and made me more confident about writing fiction that is not necessarily out to compete with either a Tolstoy or a Virginia Woolf, (laughs) you know, who are in their own ways revolutionary and so big. And so the, the, the bigness of the enterprise was really daunting for me for many years. But then you read someone like her and you say, in your own way, you can... Write a page and a chapter and maybe a book that uh, is still significant, uh, despite talking about things that are uh, about everyday and routine matters. uh, In fact, that's very, very important to, you know, choose
1: uh, a genre that you feel you can add value to, as opposed to being like, you know, I should be writing about something intelligent. My book should sound smart. Yes,
2: absolutely. Yes, yes. That's a trap that one can easily fall into. And uh, thankfully, uh, uh, that didn't uh, come into play while I was writing. Uh, it, It was it was first and foremost about writing something that I would enjoy reading yeah, yeah. exactly uh, which yeah. is a cliche but it's so true you yeah. know you write what you like exactly and there will be someone out there who's interested in it absolutely
0: definitely yeah. and so Rihanna where can uh, people find you online are you on social media are you uh... yes
2: I am the uh, reluctant uh, social mediaist <laughs> 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 I have been on Facebook for many years but right. it's more of a closed group kind of thing okay. I am now uh, on uh, Instagram and I'm finding my way there, uh,
1: okay. but
2: I am there. I'm also on Twitter. I have been uh, for a few years now, um, okay. trying to be more savvy and uh, engaging more. So yes, so it is uh, Rihanna underscore Munir on Instagram. Right? Yeah, and I think that's a double underscore. It's a longer underscore okay. than okay. the usual, but yeah. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> So for our listeners, if you want to reach out to Rihanna, you can on Instagram on Rihanna <laughs> double underscore Munir. Yes. And uh, we look forward to the launch of your book. Uh, thank you so much. We and will definitely be reading it and uh, we'll share our thoughts with you. That's great to start. hear. And thank
2: all you. the very
1: best. To thank you so much. Thank you.
0: And a big thank you to all our listeners. You can follow the Open Library Project on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. For latest updates on our events, and stay tuned for the next paperback podcast on IVM Podcasts. Happy reading! You can follow IVM Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IVM Podcasts. Listen to paperback on the IVM Podcast app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts.